What's been one of your biggest challenges that you've had on this this road to a million, whether it was this year or last year or whenever? Believing that I could do that. Because I sold 800 grand a couple years back to back, but I was like, dude, that's $200,000 extra worth of cutco. Like that's so much cutco. So I did this exercise, Tim Ferriss talks about, he calls it fear setting. When I was going through it in the middle of June, I was having a terrible week. I wanted to sell 25 and I sold three grand. Like a month after that, still feeling so behind. I was up over the year, right? So I had so many beautiful things happening in my life. I'm sitting there like, God, I'm going through it right now. And the worst thing that happens this year is I grow my business a hundred grand and make $50,000 extra. And I just detach myself from a million dollars. The lesson has been for me this year is just let go of the goal and reattach yourself to the action that I can take today. Thanks for joining us on the CSP Hot Hands 60 Minutes of Fire podcast. My name is Brett Wiggins and I get to serve as your host. So what is a CSP? Uh, CSP is a Cutco sales professional. There are a lot of them out there and they've all got a different answer to the question, why do you sell so much? Our mission is to find out the answer to that question from as many of them as possible. These next 60 minutes are designed for Cutco sales reps who desire to learn from our best in the field. So we interview top sales professionals from around the country with questions provided by their peers to make all that happen. 60 minutes of fire means we get straight to the point. Let's do it. Welcome to CSB Hot Hands, 60 Minutes of Fire, episode 10, aka the last episode of season one. We are here, and uh, I'm so excited for our guests today. Um, one of the, this is this is Hot Hands, this is supposed to be like, hey, CSP is doing big things right now. I would argue this is one of the hottest names in the CSP community right now, Burt Wicks. From our Minneapolis, Minnesota office and North Star Division. I mean, what an office, what a division. CSP Factory USA. Uh, anytime Burt references a resource that's available to us, he'll share it with me and I can send it to you guys afterwards uh, in our resource folder. So any, if you get in any scripts, Burt, any templates, don't feel like you got to go through in detail everything right now. We sure. can make it available to him afterwards so we can spend the majority of our time on these amazing questions that our Michigan CSP community and some national community members uh, have put together for you. I do want to directly thank those of you as you take that beautiful sip of coffee out of that. Uh, I, I think I have the same mug. That's a great one. Uh, it keeps warm. Uh, we've got uh, these people had their questions selected for this episode. Wouldn't be very fire without their help. It'd be kind of like my golf game. Like just good enough to get invited back for the weekend with the boys. Otherwise, not, not too, not too great. Um, I'm more of a I golf to smoke a cigar and drink a bourbon guy. Driving the car is fun too. Uh, but Amy Muller, thank you. Oli, a great house, thank you. Colin Herman, Dane Espigard, Jonathan Sassik, Janet Wiggins, and Kaiser Schwartz, all thank you, thank you, thank you for submitting your questions. Uh, you're gonna make today great, not me. Bert, are you ready to jam? Let's do this thing, man. Let's have Let's some fun. Let's do it. Let's do it. First question. How long have you been selling Cutco? <laughs> I've been uh, selling Cutco since uh, June 2010. 
June 2010. And when did you officially become a CSP? When was that first year? Yeah, uh, CSP was end of, I think, end of 2014 or beginning okay. of 2014, I think, actually. Yeah. Okay, awesome. So we're a decade into this thing. Yeah, baby. I like it. Uh, yearly sales breakdown for you at this point in 2023. What percent are we looking at? Booth, business gifts, closing gifts, service. Like, what? what's the breakdown there? Man, that's a, such a good question. <laughs> this has been such a one of those years where you're just like, how can I create as much CPO as yeah. I possibly physically can? Um. I think probably, so I've sold, I'm, I'm 3k away from a million bucks. So today we are, we're doing this on the day. I was looking at the report. I know last week was a 49 K a week. And I didn't know if that was like, if the tabs on the report were, so you, you probably had like a, what a 40 K week this week ish somewhere in there. Yeah. 30. So I'm at like, yeah, we have 997 on the dollar is uh, what we're at today. So how to break that down. We're at, I think um, probably like eight, probably 800 if you want to like i i went on the yeah. federal program so with federal um and booth sales i probably have sold about probably about probably like 750 to 800 that way and then um the other has come from business gifts and service events um and past customer marketing that's kind you of know, like we have the technology the more i ask that question the more i think it'd be really cool to have a yearly csp report of booth sales one to 100 pat past customer mark like that'd be really really neat because it's easy to look at an event rep and go oh wow that must have all came from the booth and then you talk to him it's like well no actually like my past customer marketing accounted for x y and z um so so what other titles in life outside of cutco does does burt wicks have chipotle lover oh um uh (laughs) that was zero hesitation absolutely that's Um, great I'm uh Colleen Dolan's boyfriend. Um, nice. I am uh, I am uh, I'm a coordinator for North Star Division as well. Cool. Um, which I take a lot of pride in as well. Um, yeah, I love golf. So a uh, golf lover, I guess you could say. I'm probably right around where you're at, Brett. It's like, yeah, like I'm, I'm all right. Like I have my moments, but most of the it time, it takes one like, shot, one shot per round for me to go. Shot. I'm coming back. I'm gonna be the oh, best of all time. I, I always have that one shot every single round. You're like, yep, I'm coming back, even though the, the scores aren't the same way every single time you want it. Um, besides that, uh, yeah, I just, I just love, love life, love, love having fun, love selling cucko, and um, I guess those are probably a good few titles that I enjoy. And um, but yeah, I, I love being a good friend and love being a good brother, good son. Um. Yeah, those are, I guess, my titles. That's a great question, by the way. I will I will not tell your sibling or your parents that Chipotle lover was the first thing you thought of, but that's... It's my well, girlfriend, Clean. I'm a Qdoba guy, I'm a, but, but Chipotle's yeah. good. Chipotle's good. It's okay. Uh, last fun thing that you did when you weren't slinging blades. It could have been today, last week, last month, last year. Last fun thing that you did. Um, Last fun thing I did, man. I did a lot of fun stuff. Um. I'd probably say um, my the big one. I went to we, my girlfriend and I, Colleen. We went to um, to uh, Montana and we did our dreams retreat um, that we do for ourselves. Um, and we kind of just escaped for three days. And it's just uh, we get in the middle of Livingston, Montana, and it's just we're on a little ranch with just beautiful views, and we're just uh, with ourselves for three days. And it's just an amazing three days to dream and plan and um, be inside nature and just uh just really be able to tune out i love how you've taken that dreams idea i'm assuming and if i'm wrong let me know but that's a that's a dane concept for your guys division and you're like hey this is such a an 
important part of my life and business, I'm going to lead my own now. And you've completely just taken it on yourself to like, this is your weekend. It's not even necessarily with the whole waiting on the team to do it. Um, that's awesome. Might dive into that. Not one of my questions, but I, I think I have some, um, what's something in the works right now, Bert, whether it's an order, maybe it's a program, maybe it's something to do with federal, a business relationship that you're excited about right now. Oh man, that's a great question. Um, I'm, uh, I'm going to Kuwait in January to sell Kako, which is kind of sweet. Cool. Um, so that's kind of a, a unique experience to the federal program. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to be going to at the end of uh, next year. There's a little cute little town called Garmisch in Germany that has just beautiful views around the Christmas holiday season with Christmas markets. So I'm going there next year as well because of federal um, and bringing my girlfriend clean with me. Um, very excited about that. I'm a big uh, fan of cute little towns just as a uh, mid thirties man. I think I can say that and still maintain oh, my masculinity. No uh, dude, cute little town with like a chai tea latte, some snow going on. Oh, give it, give it to me for sure. All right. We're going, I'm going to pivot because I don't want to go too far. Uh, sure. Million dollar year coming up three K away. By the way, if you get, if there's an incoming call that could be a three, Permission granted to have the Millie happen on the pod. That would be epic. Sick. That would um, be sick. <laughs> million dollars in sales in a year. So first of all, soak that in. That's, I don't know how many have accomplished that up to this point, but it's not many. Nice. So you're, you're, you made it in the first 10. Yes. You made it in the first episode, 10. Episode 10. Oh, <laughs> so that's, that's, I mean, tens of thousands of Cutco reps have, had that pleather bag and uh, and and 10 have accomplished a million so let's go back to the beginning um because one thing that i think has come across in the questions that i've seen is your your journey to this million dollar year over the past decade um your growth year to year your leaps um take me back to that first year being a csp um what were some takeaways from that first year selling cutco full-time yeah man so yeah, 2014, it was kind of like, that was the, the year that I got promoted to CSP. And I think, uh, I was, a I was, a I was graduating college that spring. So I was promoted to the CSP as I was kind of graduating mm-hmm. uh, from college. And, uh, yeah, I had a really good SC2 that, that first summer out of college. And then, uh, after SC2, I had all of the returns that could have existed <laughs> on the human planet earth. It was kind of insane. Um, as a manager, I've had some, uh, as a new manager, I think it's a branch I may or may not have had a negative, uh, August tap. Yeah. Yeah. I get oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So it was, uh, it was a dose of reality, but I still sold a decent amount. So I felt good. I got my own place with a buddy of mine. So I was kind of working, kind of wasn't. And then in 2015, I was like, all right, I want to do the realtor program. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I got involved with the realtor program and I can't say I, I necessarily loved the process. I didn't necessarily love the the, the satisfaction that I got from like a sale, it wasn't, I wasn't very fulfilling for me just in my own personal Mm -hmm. kind of like take on what I like selling. So 2015, actually, that was actually a year I was on my outs with Cutco. Um, and it was, I think I sold a hundred and just under 120 grand in 2015. I actually went down from 2014 to 2015, like by like 70,000 bucks. I didn't grow for the first time ever. Um, so that first, the first couple of years, they were fun. Like I was, again, 22, 23 years old, just having some fun and 
own some cuckoo and going to bars probably a little too many times during the week, but <laughs> had a really fun lifestyle. And then uh, 2016 is really the year that I decided to say, okay, well, um, again, big thanks to Josh Muller, who was um, a person that had a conversation with me. And at the end of 2015, he's like, hey, what does next year look like? And that was the first time I decided to um, really commit to what Cutco could be. It was like, for me, for six years, it was kind of just a hobby. It was just like, I did it. I was a push rep, quote unquote. I thought that was the cool thing with Cutco. Like, I get that recognition on stage. Loved that. But then at year of banquets, I'd be looking at Seth Kinzer or Mike Dowd, right? And their bonus checks, right? Selling $400,000, $500,000 in a year. And I was like, what's different between those guys and me, right? And all it came down to was just work ethic, right? I was so inconsistent with within the business, both with my skill set and also just my my willingness to put myself into and in front of more customers. Um, so yeah, 2016, I would, that's when I first started really working, quote unquote, or getting better at events. I probably worked seven or eight events in the first six years of selling Cutco. And the events program changed my life. And it's simply because I just decided to get really good at it. So I was so sick of hearing the objection of, I'm going to think about it. I'll, I'll see you around. I'll come back around a little bit later. And just nobody ever coming back. And I was so sick of that. And that honestly was my reason I didn't enjoy events. Because I was like, nobody ever comes back. And then Seth Kinzer, bless his heart, was like, hey, dude, do you actually know what the heck you're doing? And like how to handle that when that comes up. I'm like, yeah, for sure. And he's like, I need to think about it. What would you say? And I just bumbled like an idiot for like 35, 45 seconds. He's like, dude, you just don't know what you're saying. Get your scripts down, dude. So 2016, I went to net, changed my life because Brandon Brown and Matt Graves and TC Smith, they gave a, a handling objections workout towards the end of the conference. And I was like, I'm just going to get really good at nobody walks away. And that single-handedly took me from like 120,000 in 2015 to 255 in 2016 and the rest is history man there's so much packed into that I, I first of all I love all the channels within CSP that we've created I think there's a path for most to excel if they want to be here that fits them that fits their uh personality that fits them naturally um and it might be uh, CGC. It might be the booth. It might be business gifts. It might be federal. Um, but it, it sounds like you were like, okay, um, I've now found the right bus. I need to find the right seat. And then if you're an event coordinator, if you're a leader in the CSP community out there, don't miss that Burt Wicks wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a Josh Muller or a Seth Kinzer saying, hey, you know, you could be better or, hey, I care about you. What are your goals? Just, just making the effort um, uh, had obviously a huge impact. If you're still tracking and categorizing all your own expenses, I have a message from your CPA. Stop. If you're listening to this podcast, chances are your goals include growing your sales. And one way to do that is delegating admin responsibilities by trading time for money. Rising stock and mybooks.pro is exactly what you need. Rising Stock is an all-encompassing financial tracking and coaching program where MyBooks.Pro is exactly what it sounds like. They just do your books. You can choose to just have them track your expenses or take advantage of everything they have to offer. Do your business and your CPA a favor by scheduling a free intro call today 
at linktree slash CSP60. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash CSP60. That's linktree slash CSP60 with a dot before the two E's. The transition from young 20s, and I'm, dude, to be completely honest, I'm making way more money than I deserve. I don't even have a plan. I'm just out here shooting from the hip and I'm making pretty good money. And then at some point that's not enough. And you, you turn it into a business and you're like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to be good at it. Um, is there anything else there within that, that mental flip that you made when you, it sounds like going to net was like your commitment to yourself of, okay, I'm going to get good at this. Was there anything else there when you made that flip from like just hanging out and having fun, selling some knives to I'm going to great, great, get great at this. Yeah, I think for me, a huge motivator was college debt. Um, I have like 22 grand worth of college debt, which wasn't a ton in comparison to what some people have, but it was still 22 grand in college debt and I had a $20,000 car note. So I did the thing where you don't do if you're a person like me who has the largest geographical territory like in the history of ever in North Star where you're going to lease a car. Yeah, don't do that because you're <laughs> going to rack up the miles extremely quickly uh, as a CSP traveling. So I, did, I made the mistake of getting into a cheap lease, but then being at like 34,000 miles within like a year and a half. And I was like, oh, so then I had to buy the car. So I had like 40 grand of debt, nothing crazy, nothing super crazy with interest rates or anything like this is back in, sure. again, 2015, 16, right? Nothing insane. Um, <clears throat> but at that point, I was like, I just don't want to have the debt kind of lingering over my head. Yep. There were some things that I worked with Josh about that kind of some triggers that I had that I think I thought I had to pay off an entire college education and one swipe type of thing he's like no you can just put some money away and put two three four k with a bonus from here to there to like lower that total um but yeah for me it was a big motivator just to get become like bad debt free right where yep. i was like okay, i want to get yep. rid of some of that. the again five six percent interest rates seven percent on the car note to just like nothing so that was a huge motivator in 2015 because i had like six grand in credit card debt had and again, which wasn't a big amount, but that was all of my credit limit. <laughs> so yep. I was like, went yep. to, to Spain with my buddies, did not have a credit card beforehand, went a credit card right before I left, spent more money than I probably ever should on that trip. Amazing trip. So, so grateful I went. <laughs> but I carried that like 6K in credit card debt for like eight months. It was not good. So that was a big motivator for me to just get out of the bad debt, um, to stop feeling stress around money because I felt like and I feel like this is actually a very 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 common thing within CSPs and it's I so I also think that this is something that is a huge area of opportunity I think for a lot of people as CSPs and I was this for seven eight years where it's like you have these huge roller coasters of sales and like and so it's like with that roller coaster you make a bunch of money and then it's wild how as CSPs we just stop selling and then all of a sudden we're like Oh God, money. Oh my God, money. I don't have any of it. Okay. Yep. And then you're back. And then you do the same thing. And we just ride this roller coaster over and over. And it's like for the last couple of years, I've noticed my sales quantum growth when I literally, and you probably felt the same way, Brad. It's like when you literally are not worried about two months from now, right? Mortgage payment or rent. It's like the amount of stress. And again, it takes so much work to get there like it's there's so much like you have to be so disciplined right you can't just spend frivolously but it's like back in 2015 
again, being a 23 year old, it's like, yeah, I, I was not being smart with my money. I was not thinking about the $70 bar trip. I just wasn't thinking about that. Yeah. And they add up so quick. So for me, it was bad debt. And it was also just being like, okay, I don't want to feel this way about money. And I had always felt that way because I, I grew up in a place where money wasn't abundant. Money was more of a scarce thing. Again, my mom and dad are, God bless their hearts, they work so hard, right? But it's not like we were swimming in money. And my mom and my dad, both like my mom specifically, she would do a second thing on the weekends or on after work just to have extra money for the things that my parents would call privileges, right? Which were not things that we were entitled to, just things that they wanted to treat us to as kids from, again, a little weekend trip to an hour away or just being able to lunch money, like little things like that at school and not having to pack a lunch. So it's like, for me, I grew up in a place where money was never abundant. And so for me, I felt like in a way for a long time, I was like, I feel like I don't deserve to be in an abundant place with money. And again, I'm so grateful for the resources that we have within the Cuckoo community and the Vector community of like, you are not your parents, right? You are not your upbringing. We, you we've got people here that are genuinely changing their family tree 100%. without a doubt. It's just like, and you have that ability if you decide, right? Like Will Smith, he's like the, the nine and a half minute YouTube video on YouTube. That's just the best YouTube video that exists. He's like, why ever have a plan B? Because it just distracts from plan A. Like you just decide. Just Is decide. this the one where he's like, if we're on a treadmill next to each other, yeah, I'm going to die. I'm, I'm either going to die or you're going to get off first. <laughs> that is. It's it, like it, a bunch it, of these little snippets yeah. right, of, of Will Smith motivation and life before everything got woke, right? It's like he's so intentional with just deciding to do something. And like and Will Smith as an actor, it's an artist, right? You as a CSP, you are an artist in your own sense. Right, like selling Cutco, there is an art to selling Cutco. And again, I think Brandon Brown, Curtis JQs, Josh Muller, they are artists of this business. And so for me, being surrounded by those people and just looking up to them, it was like the only thing that's different between those guys and me is they're putting themselves in front of more customers, they're working harder, and they're just more efficient with their process. So I was like, I can do that. I know it's not going to happen overnight, but I have to commit somehow and 2016 was that year right mm -hmm. and then it just kind of snowballed after that because once you get a taste of growth i think i think the most addicting thing in the world is progress it's like once you taste that it's like okay what else can i do to continue to make this better what else can i do to make me feel better about money what else can i do to make me feel better about my relationships all of those things start to happen when you decide to get better at something yeah the progress is the goal. And when you're making progress, it, you it, you want it to keep going in that direction. And you brought up the financial side of like the roller coaster. This is something we talked about on uh, the Adam Stock episode, um, which it I found myself as a new manager um, resenting the business for my financial situation. And the day that I took ownership and said, no, like, how am I going to get mad at a, what is the business? Who, who is the company? Like, no, like this is my responsibility just because there is a ebb and flow to 
uh, our schedule, that doesn't have to be a bad thing. And to your point, once I took ownership over that, started saving for a campaign's worth of expenses at a time, going into that campaign knowing if I sell zero, I'm good. Oh man, to your point, the amount of stress that was gone and it was just able to show up and and perform. Um, you talked about growth every single year. Talk about the difference between that leap to like a 500K. What was the difference maker? And then this year, the quest to a million, I'm sure the the answer to how'd you jump from whatever it was to 500 and then last year to a million, though that's two different businesses compared to then and now. What what was the what was the difference maker then and what was the difference maker this year? Such a good question, dude. Such a loaded question. So I'll try to try to keep this as content, like as concise as I can. Yeah. Um I genuinely think that you're not that good at the job, right? Just genuinely, I look back at myself selling $500,000 thinking that that was so much cutco. We're just not that good at selling cutco yet when you're at 500,000 bucks in a year. Like you're probably decent at it. Don't get me wrong. I sold 500 grand in a year and I thought I was hot stuff. But then that same year, right? In 20, I think 2019, yeah, 2019 is when both Brandon and Curtis sold a million dollars for the first time, like as event reps. I was like, I'm on Mars, right? I'm not even on the same planet. I <laughs> suck guys. again. All right, I'm here like, we go. Okay, I'm just taking a dose of reality. I made 250 grand, but my God, like that is not even remotely what I am doing, right? So the jump from, again, 250,000 to 500,000 has a lot to do with getting better, in my opinion, at three things getting better at handling objections at the booth for people say they got to walk away and think about it, getting really good at selling new customers block sets and getting really good at past customer upgrades. Those are the three things that I think if you get really good at those, those will raise your level from again, 300 to 400, 500, right? You add in those things with consistent work ethic. You are also adding in more customers every single year for past customer marketing. So it's like, I know my jump from 330,000 to 425,000 had to do with me adding in a couple events, but it also had to do with me adding, again, 700 customers to my database, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's the law of compounding and it's the, the domino effect of if you are consistent within your business and you are getting better at the business, when you have that focus to get better, Right. While you are also adding more people to your your to your um, to your end line or downline, it's like, hey, you are creating more CPO just by showing up the same way you did last year. But through that progression, you're just getting better. So therefore, the interactions that you have become better. You're also better with your systems, right? It's like the CRM, right, of Cutco and Vast Action. Thank the Lord for that. It's unbelievable how I was talking to my girlfriend last night about that. I was like, man, if that didn't exist, if that arm of Cutco didn't exist, a million dollars would not have happened for me this year, straight up. And so that difference is that from 300 to 500, the difference from 500 to a million, man, it's, uh, it's one of those things where again, like I never thought I'd be able to do it. Like I just genuinely was never like I could sell a million dollars. And um, 2021 was such a blessing. I should say 2020 was such a blessing because 2021, we all benefited as sales reps 
from that post-COVID just energy that both the economy yeah. had and also humans in general. In oh, the I remember States. the first event we did in person again, it just felt like Christmas morning. It was like, oh, here we go. So the takeaway that I really feel like I had in 2021 that I've continued to to this day feel this to my absolute core is I'm just happy to be here, literally. Like I'm just happy to be at a booth, being able to sell Cutco at an event. Like that is such a blessing that we took for granted for years. And then poof overnight, it's gone. So I jumped from 300,000 in 2020, where I fell off a cliff, like not every CSP, like Rob Robicek, shout out to you, homie. Same thing with Curtis. Like it was incredible how they still sold so much cutco when the world was falling apart. Um, I did not. I went from 500,000 all the way down to 300,000, right? And I remember 2020, and the reason I'm so grateful for it is we had so few interactions in 2020 that it was a really good reminder. And honestly, it was like, that's when I realized I'm actually not as good at this as I think I am. It was a reality check of, wow, like we, I just kind of like was super fortunate that I got a lot of interactions at events and a lot of people said no, but it didn't matter because another person was right behind them. That was not the case in 2020. So 2020 was like, I get so few of these and especially the first part, like between like, like March all the way through, like, honestly, end of August, it was like, I didn't have that many interactions. I was fumbling over my words. Cause again, you weren't in the business, quote unquote, at events for like two, three months, right? Like even at a service event, it was the same thing. I was like, man, I'm just like struggling with how to get these things out and how to portray this package or sell this package. And I was like, man, I'm just not doing very well with like my averages. And that's where I kind of had to double down where I was like, okay, I actually need to take the notes that I've learned and all of the things that I've seen at net, all of the, the conversations that I've had with Seth Kinzer, with the Josh Mullers. And I actually need to start doing those things because I'm not doing those things right now. Cause I'm seeing Seth right next to me. sell $550,000 in 2020, which is $250,000 more than me that year. And I was like, man, and he was doing the same events as I was, right? We were working a ton of service events together, but with his past customer marketing, he was diligent with the phone calls, right? It was like all of the things that a good CSP does, he was doing those. I'm like, I'm not actually doing those things, right? So the, the pop from 300,000 in 2020 to 2021, where I sold 800,000, right? That was just the law of compounding for like the last six months of 2020 being like, I'm going to get better, actually better at this. Like I want to be best in class, right? I want to be best in class. I want to be known as the person that like, Hey, like, how do you talk to a new customer and sell more ultimates? Like, Hey, how do you sell more cookware? Like, Hey, how do you sell more flatware? Like, how are you selling an ultimate upgrade? I was like, all of those things that are huge needle movers at the booth. I want to be best at all of those, not just one of them. I've got a good base on all of them, but I actually want to be the best at that. And it took a reality check. It took a dose of like completely scrapping scripts to being like, what I'm doing right now is not working. And that's like the hardest thing in the world because you're so used to just the consistency of what you say. And then it's like, cool, scrap it. Trying something else, right? There's also some some calmness that happens when you actually get in reality because it makes sense. Like, it's, it's not like, I don't know how to get better anymore. It's like, okay, I've recognized I'm honest with myself. I know where I'm at. Um, you, you mentioned there's, 
taking notes at a conference and a conversation and there's reviewing and actually using those notes. It sounds like this may have been, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but one of the first times that you actually took those notes and did something intentionally with them. I'm guilty of this as well, whether it's journaling, a conference, whatever. I'm a feverish note taker, writer down or all that. But man, the times that I don't go back and actually look at those, identify the key things that I want to implement and then make a plan based off of them. I probably don't need to learn more. I probably need to remember what I've already learned and do something with Working it. with Trent Booth and the Veritas leadership group over the last decade has unlocked things within me that I never knew existed until they were coached out of me. If you're listening and you feel stuck or like you have another gear that you're having a hard time getting to, Trent's offering a free intro call to any of our listeners. I love Veritas because it's an amazing combo of mentoring and coaching. I get what I need when I need it most. It's also a flat monthly rate, which is awesome for anyone looking to give it a shot with no contract and no long-term commitment. Schedule a call with Trent today by going to linktree slash CSP60. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash CSP60. That's linktree slash CSP60 with a dot before the two E's. Did you, did you change any habits after that point when you actually went back and did that? What'd you find happened with that? 100%. It's a great question. So yes, I think, I think, in a way, like mentorship is probably one of the most important pillars of Cutco. The second most important pillar is actually like going back to do the things that your mentor told you to do. <laughs> I feel like yeah. we get into this like overstepping of like, I just need a new mentor. I just need a new mentor. It's like, yeah, you've got a lot of great mentors accessible to you. But also like, what did you actually implement from your last mentor before you get your new one? Right. Um, so yeah, I took a, just a hard look. So I mean, the humbling experience of actually saying what you're supposed to say out loud to yourself with nobody else in the room. The most uncomfortable thing in my, thing, in, my, in my opinion in the world, it's like you're talking to yourself in a mirror, super uncomfortable. I did that. I did that a lot. <laughs> um, kind of an embarrassing amount, to be honest. But it was like the amount of times that I was like stumbling over my own words, like when I wasn't reading what I typed up, and I was like, God, it doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound right. But the greatest thing about that, the greatest gift in all of that silliness of like actually doing the thing that I needed to do in front of my own self, as uncomfortable as it was for me, was actually just again getting a real honest look of like, okay, I can do this better. That could be smoother. This could be more intentional. There should be a bigger pause here, right? There should be more energy here, right? And it was like, I'm just taking things that I've seen work really well. And I'm like, okay, I can do a lot of these things, but a lot of my things are just kind of all over the place. So I just need a concise, consistent thing that I feel really good about that I know that I'm, when I'm talking to a customer, it's making the things that are impactful, impactful. So again, making Cuckoo seem extremely expensive, making it seem extremely exclusive, right? Making it sound like they are going to buy the best thing since sliced bread, right? It's like, how can I create the want for a customer? That was the big thing. It's like, how can I create more desire to buy this product. And there's so many different ways to do that with our business. I was just so in the monotonous flow of just kind of doing the same thing I did for three years. And like Curtis is a perfect example of a person that like is kind of always doing something different. And he's a absolute, he's a revolutionary rep, like within Cutco. Like he's, there's nobody will, that will ever be like Curtis because Curtis is so unique. But the thing that I appreciate most about Curtis is that he's understanding to the fact that economic changes, also customers, they're kind of constantly changing as well. Like they're evolving. Great well. point. 
great so point. it's like if i'm just sitting here doing the same script from four years ago yeah i'm probably not going to be getting the best results so it's like i had this reality check of like i have to evolve as customers evolve and again that took again a freaking pandemic <laughs> for me to realize that i'm not as good as this as i thought i was so again taking a literal like slice of humble pie and being like, okay, what am I, like, what are my numbers actually? What is actually happening with my closing percentage on a service event? What's actually happening when I'm talking to a customer at a booth? And then when you actually see those numbers and you're not just like feeling that you're doing something, it's like no facts over feelings. It's like, that's what's actually happening. Once I took a, again, an actual look at that, 2021 happened 100% because I did get more opportunities than I did in 2020. But it's also because I got so much better. So when it was ready, it was like, again, the best analogy I've ever heard. And this is something that I've used this entire year because selling a million dollars in a year is the scariest thing I've ever done in my life, which is so funny to say. It's not even scary. <laughs> this isn't like, it's, it's not, I'm not jumping off a cliff. I'm, it's just this, it was such an enormous goal that I just was so far away. And it was so far away the entire year. So this whole entire year, anything that happened where I was like, man, I am not, there's not a chance I get there. I was just trying to remember on all the bad days, I'm just a bow and arrow, just getting pulled back before I get thrust forward. That's it. And once I felt, once I put myself back in that step, this entire year, it's like 2021 and 2022 happened because during all of 2020, that bow and arrow just kept getting pulled back further and further and further before finally it just got thrust forward because of opportunity and timeness. Like I was just ready. I was ready for it. So it's like this year, a million dollars was so intentional. It was so intentional. Like Josh Mueller is going to sell a million dollars this year too. His story, in my opinion, is even crazier than mine, but it's like a million dollars will never happen on accident, right? When Gonzalo first did it 2015, right? When a homemaker was like, whatever, 1,250 bucks. <laughs> it's like, he did that at a time that wasn't even like that was $300,000 clear of the be next best year ever. That was revolutionary. And it's like to do what we do, like that will never happen on accident. Like if you want to sell $500,000 and you sold $250,000, act as if what a $500,000 rep is going to do. So for me, I was like, I just have to be like Brandon. I have to be like Curtis. And in a way, I got to channel some John Rulin and some Rob Robinchek. I don't know how the heck they sell so many business gifts, but I got to figure it out. And I'm just going to do that. So any opportunity I had this year, this year was a, a year of growth. It was like, I'm going to pick work more than play. And I'm okay with that, right? Because that for me, that million dollars is like a crescendo. It's like, I did that. I'm going to sell a lot more cocoa for the rest of my life, but I'm good. Like I do that. Now it's like, what else can I create? It's not just about a goal. It's not just about a number. It's like, I'm just doing this to stretch the capacity that I feel in this life. And so it's like, I just did the things that I thought that if I was Josh Muller or Brandon Brown or Matt Graves or Chelsea Rodriguez, I'm going to do those things, right? So I just showed up the right way. I was in a great headspace most of the time. I journaled almost every day. I meditated almost every day, right? But it was just the little things that make the big difference. And that was just a culmination. Like a million dollars happened because of 2011 Berwicks. Mm. Even though I didn't know that at the time, the grind that I had in 2011, I channeled all of that. And all the things that I learned over the course of this last few years were all just applied, right? 
I'm not any different than anybody watching this. Like, that's the biggest thing that I want you guys to take away from this. It's like, I am not any different. I'm charismatic. Sure. I like to talk. Sure. I could work hard. Sure. But you guys have all of the resources that you need to double your year, right? It's like at net last year, it was like, I just shot the shot. I was like, I called my own shot. I was like, on net, on stage, I was like, I'm going to sell a million dollars. No idea how it's going to happen, but I'm going to sell a million dollars, right? And this is this is two months into the year, correct? This month. is yeah. so a month, yeah. six weeks. I was like, I'm going to sell a million bucks. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm going to sell a million bucks. But that decision was made at the end of 2022 by, again, my girlfriend was like, either do it or don't. <laughs> either you're going to do it or you're not going to do it. Stop talking about this, right? Either you're going to do it or you're not. And so again, she gave me permission to be like, hey, I understand that you're going to work more and we'll probably spend a little bit less time together. But I know that our relationship's in a fantastic place and we'll still make that the priority. But this is the year to do it, right? And I was like, it was so scary, right? It was so scary to just commit to something and also publicly put yourself out to 400 people to say, I'm going to do that. But all of the actions this year have been surrounded by how do I create more? Mm. How do I create more? And like my mind has been open, right? To different pathways of CPO creation this year, right? So again, that was a monologue. I was trying to keep a concise question short, but I think there's, there's no a concise here. There's a reason we do 60 minutes and not six minutes of fire. By the <laughs> way, that's a real keeper. Sounds like she's willing to challenge you and call you out. I knew my wife was perfect for me when I realized she's the first person that ever held me accountable for anything uh came out in a counseling session it was fantastic um so ton ton of questions got submitted and talking about all these different channels you're open-minded to selling cutco a ton of people are curious about your cookware and packages approach um was there a moment for you that either of those two programs kind of clicked for you where you were like this is my way forward with whether it was packages or, or cookware your question um so keep in mind again i sell a lot of cookware um, but keep in mind, I'll probably out of my million bucks, it's probably going to equate for about 10% of the CPO. Oh, so this is good. So, so this is really, really good distinction reps out there. He does sell more cookware than most, but even for one of the top cookware sellers in our business, it only accounts for 10% of his. So, so I, if there's somebody that's like, Oh, I need to know your cookware. I need to know your cookware. I'm guessing your response would be, Hey, have you? Have you mastered the basics yet? Is that even right? 100%. Get yeah. better at selling knives. So I'm going to I'm going to uh, piss off many and say, I'm not even going to ask him for his cookware approach like you asked me. Instead, I'm going to say this. If you had to do it all over again, um, this is actually from Kaiser Schwartz. What packages would you go back and master first? Like, what are the ones that you're like, ah? Oh. Like, I, I tell my managers, I want you to get so much better at training that you get upset for your last year trainees because you're like, I I'm so much better now. What are the, what are the packages that you're like, ah, I wish I would have mastered those first. You're better at selling ultimates. They're the biggest needle mover in the business. Absolutely. And again, the, the ultimate customer is the person that is an anomaly in and of itself. But when you get the opportunity to talk to that ultimate customer, that ultimate customer is also going to be the person that naturally will just buy cookware. Mm. It's so, it's so easy to sell something on the base of forever when it's like, I'm so bought into the knives because the knives are such a, a such a practical, logical, and emotional sell, 
where they're cutting with these super ridiculously sharp knives. So if I were to give one tip to my past self, one little thing that's so easily changeable that I just didn't figure out for way too long, your knife that you cut leather with for specifically your cutco knife should be ridiculous. Like if you cut 150 pieces of leather with it, get a new one. Like, yes, it probably still cuts leather amazing, but it should be like, oh my God, type of an experience for the There's cutco. no shame in uh, getting a brand Ooh. new refurbished knife every time you're at the booth. Like why, why wouldn't we, right? So it's like, I personally like, pull a different steak knife out of my block every single time. Different yeah. one. I never pick the same one, right? Because I'm just like, Mrs. Jones, this, like the wow factor has to be a wow. It can't be like, meh. right? It's so important to get people bought. I think it's so, so cool to have that, but then also have, you know, as I, I, you know, being able to, for me in training, use the super shears I've had since I was a brand new rep and then cut a penny with it and be like, by the way, guys, those have never been sharpened. Like pick your spots. You're saying this is not the spot to use your 40 year old Cutco and cut. You're like, dude, this is important. 100%. So it's like, if I go back in time again, cookware again, I, by the way, so again, for those of you that are watching on this, I'm going to be again at net, there'll be something with me involved in cookware. So just know that. So a little, little uh, net plug, Dave Bush. Thanks. Little you. Net plug. Yeah, absolutely. This was Dave Bush. He texted me. Like, hey, make sure you're on. <laughs> make sure you plug net. Just kidding. Um, all jokes aside, there will be something involving me with uh, cookware. So if you guys are wanting to know more about cookware, there will be something that that happens at that. Hit me uh, with a, a couple more ultimate uh, package, whether it's a phrase, a mindset, a strategy, a positioning. What do you think causes you to be on top of your game with with ultimate sales? Hundred percent. So it's again like block sets in general, right? So it's like it's like I don't sell the most ultimates. Like Luciano, Mac Graves, they effing crush it with ultimates. So it's like again, big shout out to those guys. Those guys inspired me. But I sell a ton of homemakers, and I sell a ton of galleys. I sell a ton of signatures, and I sell a good amount of ultimates too. So it's like for me, it's like again taking the the art form of being like, how can I make this crescendo of a sales pitch? at the very end just completely makes sense. So one of the biggest things that I did over the past two years, shout out to Kareem Altawanzi for this, stop cutting the penny early. The penny is something that you show at the very end when you're closing. That's a huge thing. Um, to again, be at the precipice of the sale and it's like, oh, and by the way, let me show you this one of the most ridiculous things that you've ever seen in your entire life. I'm gonna cut a penny with a Oh, you're saving, no. you're saving, yeah, you're saving that in your so, tool belt. So the big thing is, how can you place wows strategically throughout your demo to work up to wow? This just makes sense. That's all it is at its basic essence, right? It's like wow right away, value, wow right with either. Okay, so again, I guess I'll give, I'll give, I'll give you this. So it's like my my wows are. Again, leather should be a big one right away, right? Guarantee examples. So having broken Cutco at your booth is a great thing, right? It's like, hey, here's a broken table knife. My idiot buddy put on a burner of a stovetop or whatever it is. It could be a chef knife. It's broken in half. It doesn't matter. Something that is really ridiculous is good, right? Because it's taking Mr. or Mrs. Jones and they're like, oh, my husband's an idiot from time to time. That's a thing. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, I feel comfortable that I could be so dumb with this. I'm still going to be covered. Right. And again, they're super big and like 
again, for the, the cuckoo guarantee, it's like they're built like a tank, but they're not indestructible, right? So it's like, okay, having that, having customer testimonials, right? Those are wows. As much as we kind of just overlook those, it's like having real written down, I've had my cuckoo for 43 years. I've had my cuckoo for 17 years. Anybody that comes to your booth that's like, yeah, I sent my knives in 18 years ago. They just replaced the whole entire set for free. Write it down. Right. Take that market information and put it on paper to show other people, right? Same thing with having like a factory service sheet where it's like, hey, let me show you that this is the proof in the pudding. This person paid $11, $13 for return postage and they got this many new knives. So imagine with me, Mrs. Jones, in 25 years, your knife set's been sent in three times and it just can't be sharpened anymore and they just replace your set for free. How amazing would that be, right? So it just hits different versus when you just say it or when you tell the story and it's just, and I know exactly the sheet you're talking about. I've seen them on social media so many times of customers posting me like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Of my 25 pieces, they just gave me 15 brand new ones. It's that. just different. Mm -hmm. So it's like, but it's real. That's yeah. the big thing. You're not just saying it. It's like, hey, here's an example that actually happened, right? So it's like so many people get, again, defrauded from cost, like mm -hmm. things that they buy guys. So it's like, we have to build, we have to pop all of those fear bubbles in the process of about asking for a $3,500 knife set. So yeah, you're gonna get more people to say yes to that $3,500 knife set when they're like, okay, I'm super okay with this. Sure, it's a lot, but it's forever. So yeah. Um, and then it's like, while you're after your guarantee, it's like, how do you create wow effectors with your ultimate pieces? It's like showing them. And so again, I'm a huge believer. Show more videos of you or examples from YouTube of people using the ultimate pieces on different types of food. Just show videos. The reason why people sell so many cookware pieces, guys, specifically the cookware guys that do the full-on demos, the reason why they sell so much cookware, it's not, it's, not, it's not rocket science. They're just showing people how to use it. So yes, we can be really good about just explaining, but just by showing a video of a boning knife, taking the fat off chicken is like, I've never been able to do that with a knife, right? So I show the thin slicer video from Jason Jeffrey with the watermelon. Like I show uh, my girlfriend Colleen cutting some raw meat with uh, the boning knife, the chicken or with chicken with the boning knife. Again, I show the cleaver in action. I show the hearty slicer in action and people, I show the veggie knife in action. So I show bang, 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 bang. People are like, oh my God, I need these. I want these. And then it's like, okay, now you get to the price comparison. And again, I, I'm a big believer in price comparison. There's some people here that, again, some CSPs that don't do it at all. They just compare against Cucko. In my market in Minnesota, a lot of times people need some type of reference, right? So I'm a big believer in price comparison. And that's actually where I bring in the factory service example of like, yeah, so this is what normal knives cost. Guess what happened to a cuckoo person though when they sent their stuff in? Same thing, we're just bringing that precipice up top. And then you talk about our prices, you talk about the five pay. And then you're like, oh my God, I almost forgot. And then you cut a penny. And it's like, by the time you do all of those things and you're sharing all of the stories using the word imagine, imagine when this will happen. So my favorite line that I think has really hit for customers is again, that Kareem has taught me is imagine every single time you pull a knife out of your set, Mrs. Jones, it just works the way you want it to work mm. every single time. 
Like imagine with me for a second. Like most people do the thing, Mrs. Jones, where they like sift through their block of knives or through the drawer of knives to find the one knife that kind of sort of cuts. Like imagine if, if every single time you pull out your bread knife, it just cuts bread without smushing it. Or every single time you pull out your tomato knife, it just cuts the way you want it to cut without creating salsa. Like how amazing would that be, right? And sure, it's an investment, but with our stuff, Mrs. Jones, literally you buy once, you cry once, and you'll never buy it again. The only reason we're still in business after 74 years is because you just love it. You just want more of it. And to be honest, Mrs. Jones, Cutco is kind of like an addiction and I'm the dealer, right? <laughs> and then people are just like eating it up. They're like, oh my God, my knives do suck. Like it would be so cool to just have a knife that works. And then bundling that with packages is so easy once you get the credit card. It's like, these are going to be amazing. Just so you know, down the road for future reference, right? I'm just a farmer, Mrs. Jones, planting seeds, right? Here's what these are, right? Bang, 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 flatware, cookware, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, these are also forever. And don't get me wrong, right? It's not cheap. But again, once you buy it, you never replace it, right? Eventually, you'll have the whole cuckoo kitchen, Mrs. Jones. You'll never have to go into your kitchen ever to replace anything, right? So it's like, Packages are not actually very complicated. I would I would argue most packages that are sold within the CSP community are upsells. Mm. And most of them are from a knife set. So if I were to go back in time, just get better at the block set, getting better at selling block sets, right? And staying on block sets a little bit longer and not letting a customer drive that conversation and I just want some pieces. And if they do, it's like, here's the five piece. <laughs> it's not, here's one single chef knife. Right. And taking those $150 orders and turning them into $450 orders over the course of a year, you have 40, 60, 80, 300 of those. All of a sudden, bam, you're adding $70,000, $150,000 to your end line. Right. By just the little things that multiply over the course of a year. I feel like we just got a little peek behind the booth. Yeah, a little bit. For yeah. Wix. I you went you went into booth mode for about 45 yeah. seconds. Like we weren't on CSP hot hands anymore. We were at the booth. I was at the uh what's the big huge Mall of America? I was right there. You were selling <laughs> me. I was getting my credit card ready. Um Dane, your DVM who I love, love Dane. Uh I would love consider him a friend and uh, somebody I look up to a ton. He admires your personal growth and the habits you've created over the last few years. And I wanted to ask what, what are some habits in, in the, in the area of personal growth that you feel like you've developed that has allowed you to, to continue to level up a decade in, what are some things that stick out to you? Uh, so yeah, first thing I would say is this, like, if you haven't read the book, Atomic Habits, read the book, Atomic Habits, it will change your life. It changed my life. in uh, during COVID 2020, I read it towards the end of when I was sick and tired of being sick and tired of being sick and tired type of situation where I was like, I don't feel good about my health anymore. I don't feel good about my cuckoo business. I just feel like in general, I just feel like I'm a slug. Took like a golf sabbatical for like two and a half months during the middle of summer 2020 where like, I'm just going to learn how to golf, which was a great thing at the end of the day. But like business-wise, personal-wise, like I was just like, I was eating out all the time, right? I was not doing a good job with my health and I was not doing a good job with my business. My business was floundering because of that. Not because of that, but it was a it was a factor. Um, so yeah, I read Atomic Habits, and so the things that again, again, it's the little changes that make the biggest differences, right? That's the common theme behind it. So for me specifically, the habits that I've done on a personal growth level, and again, I haven't been consistent with all of them the whole time. But I joke, like if you've read Dane's book, like flossing changed my life, right? It was like I started to floss because I was like, 
kind of tired of like, I was like, I know that's something I, I need to do because I want my teeth for the rest of my life. Um, and I also had a small injury where like I fell playing two, like two hand touch football and my like shoulder blade got pushed up to my like back, whatever. This whole thing wasn't working good. And uh, I had to start stretching. So I basically was like, I want to start stretching because I want to be able to golf and I can't golf without this right arm being able to move up and down. And I need to start flossing. So what I would be doing is I would floss and I would put one leg behind my back and I would hold it for 30 seconds, do the top and I would flip my hands and hold the other one. And I would floss with a little two hand back flossers. And I just started doing that. And I did that for three weeks in a row. And that was the catapult. Honestly, that is hilarious. It's crazy. But then all of a sudden I felt better. I was sleeping better because my body was more relaxed when I went to bed. And now it's like, even if it's not 10 minutes, sometimes it's two minutes, but sometimes it's 20 minutes where I'm just stretching my body out before I go to bed. And I really do think that like, again, if you work with me at the booth, a lot of people that see this, I don't sit like ever at the booth. Now I do from time to time. Absolutely. But I really don't sit. Yeah. And it's like, I really do believe that that has a lot to do with just my body feeling good. Um, so, so personal growth things that I've been super consistent with this year with my million dollar year have been, I probably out of the 300 and whatever, 45 days that we've had this year, I think I've probably journaled 290 of them. Mm. And I, I think the big thing for that is I'm getting my thoughts that are inside my head out of my head. Because yeah. man, selling a lot of cuckoo or going after a big goal, there's so many things that go through your head, positive and negative every day. We're like, God. Yeah. If you're listening right now and journaling is not a habit, I'm just, just get started. Like two, two things, you sleep better, all that junk in your head gets out. And then secondly, I've found we've got most of the answers we need within us. We just have to create the space to realize it. Um, Cause there's probably a lot of really great ideas in that head that until you put it out on paper, you might, you might lose it for somebody that's never journaled before. And they're like, I don't even know where to start. What would your answer be to them on how do you, what is that first step of journaling? Just write a line. Yeah. Hey journal. It's me, Bert. I'm trying this thing. Don't know what it's going to look like. I'll see you tomorrow. Love it. That's it. And again, that's, that's, it's, a, it's evolved. So sometimes it's like my journal is like, it's like two seconds. It's like two lines. It's like, yeah, today I'm, I'm effing tired, but yeah. my God, it was a, it was a great day. It was a terrible day, but it's like, it's, it's a lot about gratitude for me, right? It's like, I'm super grateful for this gift from this situation or that gift from this situation. Sometimes it's just like, man, like, again, relationships are hard. Sometimes it's just like, I need to get this out about how I'm feeling about my relationship or how I'm feeling about my business or how I'm feeling super behind on my goal or how I'm feeling super ahead of my goal or it's all coming together. Or it's all falling apart. It's just like, it doesn't matter what it is. It could be a line. Some days it's two pages, right? And my hand cramps <laughs> yep. by the time I'm done. Yep. But again, it's like just doing something. It's funny because I actually had a journal that I bought in 2015, right at the end of coaching, right, right before I started coaching with Josh. And again, I wrote in it once. The next time I opened it, guys, was two and a half years later. I wrote once. That's it. But I still had the same journal, right? And I was like, God, man, I just never made that a habit, right? So now it's like my my routine, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in routines. So it's like I have a morning routine. And I have an evening routine. I have a wind up routine and a wind down routine, right? So it's like, for me, it's like how you start your day and how you end your day has a lot to do with how your day goes, both today and tomorrow, right? So it's like, 
for me when I wake up, I never, I haven't slept next to my phone for over three years. I haven't hit snooze in three years. So it's like my phone is on the other side of the room. So I have to get up and I have to hit it. And I just don't go back to bed. I go brush my teeth for two minutes because I have to stand up for two minutes. I just have to do it. And after I stand up for two minutes, I'm not going to go back to bed. Right. So that's a big thing. My big, uh, my big takeaway is teeth hygiene is like the key to getting all this started. Yeah. That's just sell a million dollars. Hygiene. Sell a million dollars. Take your teeth seriously. That's <laughs> 100%. Brush twice a day, floss twice a day. Or once a day, at least, like you're golden. A anything uh, else, uh, uh, personal growth, habit-wise, before I get into our last uh, questions here that you think, man, I, when it comes to that growth over the last few years, especially getting to a million bucks, this had a tremendous difference. Delete social media. Mm. Mm. Delete, delete the apps, specifically. Like, I have a Facebook page that I have for uh, okay. my business. Um, I haven't, again, like, been on social media, quote-unquote, um, with apps for three years. So, um, delete social media. I haven't had Instagram. I've actually have a, have a pack with a buddy of mine, uh, that I went to college with. I told him at the, told him in like July, I was like, if I sell a million dollars, I'll redownload Instagram to watch all the memes that you've been sending me for the last two and a half years. And then I'm going to delete it again. But, oh um, man, you've got like two weeks worth of content. To dude, it's going to be insane, right dude. It's going to be insane. I have no <laughs> idea how many you sent me over the last two years, but anyway, uh. um, just stop scrolling and start reading, right? That's what I would say. If you're if you're like replace, pivot your you're on the toilet scrolling to download the Kindle book, right? And start reading a book, right? Like I read, I think the probably the most thing I'm most proud of this year is besides selling a million bucks is I read all of the Harry Potter books this year. Oh, I love right? it. They're amazing. Dude, it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to be nonfiction, personal growth, self help. Yeah. Like there is so much value. I remember Jason Jeffries told me one time in the morning he read like a. Uh, uh, nonfiction and then in the uh uh in the evening he would read fiction right before he went to bed and i remember i did that for a season so great so great legit. i also my girlfriend has been a she is a, she's a fiend she was on she's on i don't know how many books she's read but she's read like 45 books or something insane this year so she's been reading <laughs> so because she's been reading it's been a great accountability makes it easier makes read. it easier so, for sure yeah delete social media start reading more just get more content that is helping you right? Your brain, or just also helping you turn off your brain yep. instead of getting worked up by what we see on social media. I don't know that we were designed to take on an international amount of chaos and horrific news. I don't think we were designed that way. Uh, so yeah, uh, protecting what you're feeding your brain, huge. I could talk about the deletion of social media apps and the positive amount of things I've experienced uh, from that myself. Uh, but I want to ask two more questions. First one, uh, achieving a million dollars in sales in a year. Amazing, almost accomplishment. I don't want to jinx you. I can, I can only imagine there have been some challenges that came with that. And just as a CSP in general, what's been one of your biggest challenges that you've had on this, this road to a million, whether it was this year or last year or whenever, and how did you overcome it? What came of it? How did it help be, get you to where you're at now? What comes to mind? Yeah, so um, biggest challenge, I think, honestly, about trying to accomplish the goal of selling a million dollars was the biggest challenge was before it even happened was just believing that I could do that. Because I sold 800 grand a couple of years back to back, but I was like, dude, that's $200,000 extra worth of cutco. Like that's so much cutco. Yeah. 
um, to be sold extra on top of all of the great things that have already happened in my business to make 800 grand happen. Um, so I did this exercise. Um, Tim Ferriss talks about, he calls it fear setting. And uh, I did it live with my girlfriend when I was going through it in the middle of June. I was having a terrible week. Um, I just, I sold Cutco in Italy. It did not go well at all. I sold 3000 bucks over the course of five days. I was like, I wanted to sell 25 and I sold three grand. I was like, oh my God. So it was like a month after that, still feeling so behind. And I remember just sitting there and being like, I was up over the year, right? So I had so many beautiful things happening in my life. I was in the middle of Washington. I was going up to see a buddy that was running an Ironman. I'm sitting there like, God, I'm going through it right now. And the worst thing that happens this year is I grow my business a hundred grand and make $50,000 extra. That's it. And I just detached myself from a million dollars. Like I was still like sharing it with every single customer. And I still went through it so many times over the last six months of being like, there's no way. There's no way. Right. I have had, I've had more returns this year just because you have higher volume of sales. You just yeah. naturally have more and you naturally have bigger returns happen. But anytime I felt that, the lesson has been for me this year is just let go of the goal and reattach yourself to the action that I can take mm. today. That's it. It's like, I am not defined by a million dollars. Like me selling a million dollars this year is amazing. I want this to be heard loud and clear for anybody listening to this. It's like, you are not your CPO, like at all. Like you are an amazing human being. It doesn't matter what you sell right? You could sell $100,000. You could sell $3 million. It doesn't matter. Your CPO is not your worth. And once you detach from that, even though I was vocal, and even though I was like accountable to like a whole lot of people, like I'm going to sell this. It's like, if I didn't sell a million dollars, and again, Josh and I have talked so many times this year, and it's just like, I've told him this, he sold this to me. It's like, dude, I'm going to love you as a friend, regardless of if you sell a million bucks or not, like you're still an incredible human being and you're playing such a huge role in my life to even think that I could even do this in the first place. It's like anytime that I felt, and again, sometimes it took me five days to have that epiphany. And there were weeks where I was like, this isn't going to happen. And there were other weeks where I'm like, man, I'm going to hit this by November. <laughs> but then it was like, there were a lot of weeks where it's like, when you're going after something you've never gone for before in your life, like, just know that that feeling is going to feel like you are stretching the whole year. Like, I have felt stretched from being a coordinator to being a boyfriend to being a son to being a brother and just trying to sell a million dollars on top of that. I have felt stretched this entire year. But at the end of the day, I know that, again, God is never going to give me more than I can handle. And I have to know that. And at the end of the day, it's like, for me, it's like, whenever I feel so stressed, it's like, if I let go, give it up, usually great things return, right? Not always, right? He's usually, sometimes he's going to throw a couple backhanders at you and be like, God, I didn't see that coming either, but ah, here we are. But if you keep yourself as much as you possibly can, to, again, journal, meditate, think about yourself, think about again, what you want. Again, the, I would say this, like that's one little, like Jason, shout out to Jason on this one. It's like, we get what we think about most of the time. So it's like, if you can consistently try to, again, from a humble place, like I envision this, good thing happening today. I listened to a meditation on 
balance, which is the app that I use 60 bucks a year. It's worth every penny where it's like, I want you to imagine something good happening later and how that's going to make you feel. And I did that every day, right? I'm just imagining something good and not every day that good things happen, but when they did happen, it was again, a correlation of my thoughts mm. to that. So um, does that answer that yeah, question? That helps a lot. And it reminds me of something I journaled a couple of days ago where when I am going through it, um, there's usually two, two phases of the season of life. I'm usually in either I'm going through it or I'm reaping the reward of going through it. And it's always oh. one of the two. It's always like, I Love feel it. on top of the world. I feel on top of my game due to what God put me through X amount of time ago. And I didn't know it in the moment, but he was preparing me for this or I'm going through it right now. And if I can get myself to step back to your point, detach, this doesn't affect my worth. This is not who I am, but I, when I can appreciate it for I'm being matured for something bigger than this moment. Oh dude. It's like, okay, now I can, chill and maybe sometimes i still need to watch my my go-to movie is rudy and i always cry and then usually it's like all right now i can hit the reset button and sometimes it does take five days heck sometimes it takes five weeks but that i don't get to decide how long that's gonna last because to your point the, that that just means i'm getting pulled, pulled further back in that slingshot and something really special is about to happen um last question we'll wrap up What's something that I should have asked you today, Bert, that would have helped our team most? Great question. I would say, um, man, that's a, that's a, that's a banger of a question. <laughs> I would say this, I would say, um, you are, it's not even necessarily a question. I would just say this, like yeah. you are more capable of doing something that you never thought possible than you think you are. And I look at myself four years ago, four years ago, 2019, I did an exercise with our region manager with a couple other central region CSPs. And we, it was after my, again, I was at whatever, 450,000 at that point, finished at 500 that year. And our region manager, Mike Muriel was like, what could happen if everything went well and then double that? type of goal. And I was like, God, F you, dude. Like, God, double that. <laughs> that's Mike though. That's Mike. Yeah, that's so totally. And I love him for it. Right. And I just remember being like, I remember seeing again, writing down like 700,000, 900,000. And I was like 1.8 million. Oh my God, whatever. And then I remember just like, at the end of that, the whole thing was like a million dollars, right? I see a million dollars by the end of 2022. I didn't know what the hell that looked like, dude. Like that was $300,000 on top of a schedule where I was insanely busy in 2019. But when you step back and look at it from here and not here where you're in it, when you're above it, looking forward, right? If you plan it, and yes, everybody in this business has different opportunities, right? Like some people live in Florida, some people live in California, some people live in Ohio, some people live in North Dakota. Like I truly believe that where you are right now is where you're supposed to be. And this does not mean you're going to sell a million dollars next year. It does not mean you're going to sell $500,000 next year. It does not mean you're going to grow your business 50K or 100K next year. But trust the process of the life that you're in right now. And if you, if you put the intention to grow 
both yourself in your business, but also outside of yourself. Again, it is hand in hand. You second, the second you start being intentional with your own life and you're responsible for your own personal development, if you are intentional with that, naturally it will flow into your business. Mm. And naturally your business is going to grow as you grow. So again, I joke with everybody I talk to about how flossing changed my life. And flossing was literally the reason, right? I'm selling a million dollars this year. It's like that little thing multiplied and compounded over multiple different habits over the last three and a half years, like not hitting snooze, not scrolling on social media, doing all the things that are not convenient, that are not easy. Life is not about ease. In my opinion, life is about growth. And life is about embracing the suck and embracing the things that are really hard. And those people that do that over and over again, man, they see some amazing results. And they go through it. Like Curtis had more people tell him no than anybody else in the company this year. And it's not close. But he also had more people say yes to him than anybody else in the company. And it's not close, right? But it's because he's embraced those little things. And I think I'm just a product of, again, I feel like I never necessarily say anything profound, right? It's just like, do the little things over and over and over again that you don't want to do. And if you just do those more often, your life changes like that. It's a pretty great, great way to end it. I think anybody, no matter where they're at today, can take that final advice and do something really magical in 2024. And Bert, I just want to say thank you because, you know, we're in a unique situation where no one's required to give back. You're not getting anything out of this uh, besides, I don't know, maybe, maybe you had fun hanging out with me for an hour, but you were someone that um, as I, we, we've never had a conversation necessarily before. And you're somebody that when I gave a leadership message to the CSP summit in 2021, maybe 2022, um, no, 2021 um, and 2020 during COVID, um, I asked Josh Mueller, hey, who are some rising stars in the CSP community that aren't as well known, but they're they're leading without a title. They are on the cusp of a huge breakthrough. Um, I remember it was uh, you, Alicia Ander and Kaiser Schwartz that got kind of that Josh said, hey, these are the ones to, to highlight. And then as I was getting to know you through the questions people were asking or the responses I would get when I asked, hey, what questions can I ask Bert? You are a beloved member of this CSP community. I think people respect your journey, your humility. I think the fact that you say I've never said anything profound, the amount of shout outs you've given to others that you've accredited to your growth and your success, I think just speaks so much proof to what I've been told about you is that I would love hanging out with you for an hour. Um, It's been an absolute pleasure. And I think that uh, if I have it my way, a million happens today uh, for you. And I hope there's tears and I hope there's jumping and I hope there's more tears and I hope there's, I, I just, I, I just, I wish I could be a fly on the wall for that situation. Cause I know that there's been so much work, not this year, but the last 10 years that have gone into making, making this happen this year. So seriously, um, thank you so much. What a great end to, to season one, man. We appreciate you. 
I, it's been an honor. This was great. I would, I would say that I would, I would echo it as well. It was absolutely fun hanging out oh. with you and asking questions for an hour, man. That was awesome. Awesome, man. I didn't even get to ask you about your favorite golf shot of all time as the Jack Nicholson of your generation, but maybe, maybe season two, who knows? Um, <laughs> that is an official wrap on season one. This has been so much fun. Thank you. Every single guest. You made this so enjoyable. CSB community, Michiana specifically, you made hosting so much easier than I deserved. Literally, 1% of the questions came from my brain. Um, season two live recordings will get announced. They will start in mid-January. We also have, we already have Trent Booth on the books at your request uh, for season two. More to come. Look out for details on how to be a part of our Zoom audience. We'll see you season two in 2024. Thanks for listening. And for some of you watching, I want to remind you that all resources from today can be found at linktree slash CSP60. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash CSP60. That's linktree slash CSP60 with a dot before the E-E. If you want to be a member of our live Zoom audience for one of our upcoming shows, email bwiggins at vectormarketing.com. That's B-W-I-G-G-I-N-S at vectormarketing.com. If you loved what you heard today, I'd be honored if you followed, subscribed, or even rated us on whatever platform you use to find your 60 Minutes of Fire. We'll see you next time.